this is smart and Valerie talking and raising, making this podcast on outcome and the Bob's teaching model. And uh, we'll begin this uh, talk with some introductions. So I'm going to start to say who I am and then hand over to Valerie. My name is Mark Chuku. Together with Valerie, we've taken this course, GPS 989. It's been a, a journey for me learning all the pieces about teaching, especially at the post-secondary. And I'm excited about this podcast. We'll be talking about outcomes and the Bob's teaching model. And uh, before we move forward, I would like Valerie to tell us what well, uh, my background is in education. I've been a doctorate program in education administration here in the University of Saskatchewan. So over to you. Hi, I'm Valerie, and I am currently pursuing my doctorate in health sciences through the School of Rehabilitation Science. So as Smart said, I've also been on this journey, as he called it, uh, relating to our introduction to teaching course or the 989 course. I've really enjoyed it and uh, looking forward to discussing a little bit about outcomes and how they structure or lead us in the right direction. <laughs> Um, yeah, so maybe we can start with uh, what we think an outcome is or what is an outcome and um, what we need to focus on or what's important. For sure. I, I, I'm really thrilled about the kind of length, the volume of learning I've really um, got from this class because coming into this class, I know there is there should be an outcome that drives a lesson, but Right now, I am more intentional of what an outcome should be and how it should be framed. And that said, I see a learning outcome as, um, in a very simple way, what um, I want to teach, what I want the students to learn. For me, it's twofold. What would the student be able to do by the time I have taught them? Not only to do, what would they know? What would they value? by the end of a course. So for me as a teacher, the outcome gives me some guide, some focus on what to teach based on what I hope the student will learn or know or produce by the end of the lesson. And also, you know, it should tie into how I will assess the learning because now I know what to teach. Now I know what I hope the students will learn. Then it ties into what and how I will go about finding out if students have uh, learned what I want them to learn. That's my simple way of uh, introducing the subject of outcome. Valerie, what do you think about that? Yeah, I really appreciate that. I, I really agree that, you know, the outcome helps frame our understanding of, of what we're hoping our students will capture or learn throughout the, the course or even throughout one lesson, right? Because those outcomes can be very broad or they can be really specific to to one particular lesson or even a part of a lesson. I think that uh, that takes us to that three parts of the outcome and that it needs to be structured around a verb, the content, and then the context, which I think you addressed, right? That context of being in class and, or even, you know, in this virtual world yeah. <laughs> uh, that we've been in, um, but, you know, what are going to, what are they going to be expected to know at the end or, you know, what are they going to be expected to participate in or engage in? What will be their level um, of 
of understanding of the depth of the, yeah. the content that, that we're going to be discussing or reviewing. And I think that um, that can really help us in being better educators or, you know, being more active participants in our students learning is, is having a better understanding of maybe, you know, in those first few classes, when we were talking about that zone of proximal development and yeah. where are our students starting, what are we hoping for them to learn and how much guidance do we need to give them? And that, that really resonated with me because it, it helped me to understand how to structure an outcome to the level of the student rather than structuring an outcome to the content I think they should learn, sure. right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I have been, you've spoken well. And you know what? This lesson, you know, got me thinking the idea of, uh, you know, one of the things I will say that's been one of the outstanding themes of this uh, course is the idea of being a reflective practitioner. You know, going into this class, I've been reflecting about what the way I've seen things done in the classroom vis-a-vis -vis what is obtainable at the moment. Speaking to the verb, the verb content context uh, model of uh, an outcome. In fact, I, it blows my mind how it, it doesn't make sense to build an outcome on, you know, using words or verbs that you know are not very descriptive you yeah. know in this sense when I've, I've come to realize that even the verb you use tells to what you want the student to learn because how will you we've been, we've been taught that you don't say students will be by the end of the lesson students will know yeah. students will because these things have no way to measure if the students know or if they understand, how can you measure their understanding? So I'm saying those little pieces are, you know, very critical to planning an outcome, you know, and that comes, do you want to speak about the Bloom's model? Yes. Yeah. I think that that is a great segue. Like, like you said, you know, it really, I agree. It really made me think, you know, how many times have I said, you know, I hope that the students will, will learn <laughs> A, B, or C, right? And yeah. then how do you evaluate that? How do you assess yeah. their ability to demonstrate that they will learn, you know, a specific type of content? And um, that really takes us to that constructive alignment and understanding kind of um, that those three pieces, you know, understanding how are you going to evaluate, how are you going to teach, and, and what does your outcome look like? And then, like you mentioned, the Bloom's taxonomy and having those, you know, active verbs that yeah. directly relate to your evaluation. But then I also think really help to structure your teaching style. You know, we had talked a little bit as we prepared for this podcast about how your teaching style can actually be something that you can, you can modify and you can, yeah you can change based on, on maybe the students you have, or maybe your outcome, <laughs> or maybe the evaluation that you've chosen, chosen, or that, that verb and that difference in, in um, how you would like them to learn something. Exactly. And you know, we can't exhaust, I mean, talking about the verb, it, it's, it's where the whole thing lies. I mean, where, how can you use verbs that can elicit the higher thinking order you know the student the teacher wants the student to move from mere remembering things yeah. mere identifying things to you know coming to the point where they can use their learning to build on their learning to develop to you know construct their own whatever ideas whatever 
you know, to make up what they want to do with it. So that kind of thing. So moving into that higher order um, learning is is very critical. And uh, you know, one area of the outcome I still want to touch a little bit is that an outcome should be smart. I'm glad my name is Matt. So, <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> so for me, it's so personal. I, I, I'm like, you can't just forget this. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Forget. <laughs> yeah. yeah, of course, you know what that um, acronym means, Matt. Being an outcome must be specific in that context. I mean, I will talk about maybe the first two and I leave the rest for you. Specific, as the word goes, it, it should be something that is very clear, not vague. Mm -hmm. you know we can't be pursuing too many things at a time and, and this class have really made me to realize the essence of uh, like i said being reflect asking myself what do you want to teach you can't you know there are things that are good to know nice to know like there are things oh. that of course you need to about you need to i need to focus on what exactly the actual thing i was so that drives the kind of outcome i will build making sure that it is very, very clear and specific. And at the same time, the, the M there is not only being specific, I need to make sure that it is measured. How do I measure it? Like you were just talking about it. You can't talk about it at the end of the lesson. Students will learn, mm -hmm. students will understand, students yeah. will appreciate some of these things. You know, I look up, I look at my own um, studies in my master's. In fact, I pulled up one of the courses, I was looking at the outcomes. They were always talking about students who appreciate. I was like, how do you value this? These things are abstract. I mean, these, these things are not measurable in that sense. You can't, you know, so learning how to do an outcome using that smart model have given me that consciousness, consciousness of making an outcome that is smart, mm -hmm. that is measurable, that yeah. is specific, measurable, and then you can speak to the yeah. ALT part of it. Yeah, well, attainable, realistic, yeah. and timely, <laughs> yeah. um, which are, again, they link really well to the first part of the SMART model. Like, yeah. I think that if a goal isn't realistic and timely within maybe, if you think of some of us have a whole semester and some of us have, have one one hour yeah. lesson, you know, to, to get that that content across or to, to engage students in the material that we need them to to be able to capture. And I think that, you know, looking at it from that smart model helps us to, you know, create outcomes, but also develop content that is actually attainable for the students we're teaching to. Um, and not to go too far backwards, but I do think that those blooms verbs, like they really help to keep us on that smart trajectory and kind of in that verb content, you know, context model where, um, I, I like the way that they are descriptive, right? Yeah. Like you said, there's a measurable progression from you know that memorizing or remembering to that creating and that ability yeah. to you know change or compile or elaborate on a concept where you know we may not expect our students to move from remembering all the way to creating all the way, yeah. in one semester. That's why they lead. <laughs> yeah, right. That's a big jump, but you know. It, it, it's really interesting to kind of read through the list of words and, and be able to see how your outcome might, you know, develop or structure your teaching and, and what you, how you're going to teach content or how you're going to evaluate their learning based on, on what you're expecting from them in terms of, of their trajectory, right? 
are they analyzing material for me or are they just remembering it? And is, yeah. and that's important, like you said, in terms of, of being spe- you know, specific <laughs> with what we're trying to teach or how exactly. we're trying to teach it. Um, but I think that leads us really well towards kind of the BOPS model yeah. and, you know, that, um, that ability to create a lesson or to create content and scaffolding that content. And um, my own reflection was that I felt that, you know, a lot of the outcomes that I've been teaching to are like so complex and so multifaceted. And there's, you know, four or five things within one outcome that they they are supposed to be addressing. Right. And that just makes it so hard to create a lesson when you're supposed to be teaching, you know, four different things. Outcomes at once, yeah. Right. Um, and so I I think that the BOPS model has really helped me to understand like how to structure um my content in a way that is going to be meaningful or that is going to engage and be more collaborative than just like you know standing in front of a classroom and reciting content um to them. Um, And I think, again, in our discussions, we talked how we felt the outcome was kind of where you kept coming back to, right? It was kind of a focal point. It's like the driver to the whole, the Bob's model is a very, I mean, useful tool. One could, in fact, this is one of the things I'm taking away from this class, you know, because like you rightly mentioned, I don't want to design an outcome that is overly complex. Mm-hmm. you know, making it that double battle kind of, you know, and I remember one of the things that stood out when we were talking about outcome, you don't want it to, you don't want even to contain lengthy jargons. Uh, at the end of the day, you, the teacher is confused and the teacher and the <laughs> students are also confused. You don't even know where you are driving at. So yeah, getting back to the box model, it's such a beautiful acronym that uh, for me, that stands out um, in teaching and learning, especially, I would say, in a very, in an environment where the learning, of course, that's what it should be, collaborative. Mm -hmm. There is that piece, there is that, um, what the student know, what the student brings to the learning and the teacher piece. And like I were talking about it before we started this podcast, I said, in my background, it was, a teacher-led culture. That, that's the way I was taught pr- pretty much in the uh, um, lower levels of education, even to my undergraduate level. So you, you don't make any input. And, you know, and that was what you know, drove me to take this course per se, because I wanted to draw that balance between how I was taught and then how things go in this side of the world so that I can be able to adapt very well. And then, you know, coming from that culture, it's, it's all about the teacher. You don't really care about what the student knows. And you don't really care about the mood of the class. Mm. You just jump in and then go ahead and do your stuff, whether they learn, which is, well, I don't know what kind of teaching plan or model I will place that. So that made me to appreciate the Bob's model so much. And talking about it, we have that B-O-P-P-S yeah. that we, you know, yeah. paraphrase as Bob's. And uh, I will speak to one of few, the first, maybe three, and then leave the rest for you. Then the, the, starting with the first three, the B there, 
the bridging, you know, I have come to term it my entry behavior to the class. Right. You know, that's my own coinage. You know, how do I, how do I start off the lesson? Right. I don't just, I don't just want, <laughs> I don't just want to hop on to the class, you know, like a stranger and then blah, 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 blah start hunting on the students. I want to engage. I want to share power. I want to collaborate with the students. So how do I begin all this process to create that learning environment, to create that conducive or relaxed atmosphere, which yeah. is very critical to teaching and learning in the first place. Because exactly. when, when I just come in and you know start going without really having that connection with the students, I, I mean, I'm coming to Canada, by the way. You know, I remember when I came in, in my first class during my master's, I did my master's in the U of S. Yeah, and I was I had icebreaker here and there. People were like just and I'm like, are they always breaking ice here? <laughs> they're always. <laughs> what breaking my icebreaker? I'm like, what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> at some point I was going. It's always cold. It's already cold here. Why should they also yeah. break ice? You know. <laughs> so yeah. I, I <laughs> now I know it was just a coinage. As a as is some as a sort of entry behavior. How do you want yeah. to start yeah. up the lesson? Which Aditi has really modeled a lot in this class. I I give her a thumbs up for that because she will always begin with that check in and all. You know, kind of how are you going today? How do you feel like? Some of those things are very telling your story. You know, yes. so that that could be my way of bridging in telling my story. You know, Getting creating that great. atmosphere, making a joke or yeah. whatever. <laughs> that could, you know, and then leading to the outcome, we've spent time talking about the outcome. I wouldn't talk about that a lot, but that's just my, you know, objective coming to take that lesson. Maybe it could be my objective for the lesson per class and also my objective for the whole, maybe or the entire course, like you said, which could last for a month or a course, depending, that tells me how much I could chunk it, yeah. sequence it, to make sure that at the end of the day, I would have achieved the whole goal for the course and then the goal for the class, because I look at this as the broad and the, the narrowed one for the day. What do I want to achieve today? And then by the end of this course, what do I want to achieve? So the outcome, we could look at it from that perspective. And, and finally, for now, we'll talk about the pre-assessment and we've already mentioned it in passing a couple of times. We don't just assume, you know, I, Thinking about this, I reflected to the initial theory I had when I was doing my undergraduate in education, where they were talking about some of the philosophies that guide teaching and learning. And some people were of the viewpoint that, you know, we are a function of nature, like nature made us what we are, that's it. And some people were of the viewpoint that we are the function of nurture. It's not, it's not just nature, the way we are nurtured, the way we are taught. So that tabula rasa philosophy where they see the child as empty. Whatever you write and the child is what he grows with. And some people were like, no, there were some inherent, so there were some innate intelligence that lies with the child. And I see how this is playing out here. I can't just come assuming that they don't know anything. Yeah. There's something they know, like, yeah. Maybe not what I want them to know or what, <laughs> yeah. not what is, well, yeah. in alliance with the course I want to teach, but they know something. Absolutely. So it, it would be helpful for me as a teacher to find out what they know and then build on that. 
that way the learning, the teaching and learning exercise is, is even easier and might be more productive at the end of the day. So that's how I see pre-assessment. That effort, that strategy, whatever I do to find out what the student know before I start teaching you. That's exactly. the way. You can go ahead with the participation pieces and all the rest of them. Yeah, I think like, well, there's so many interesting things that you brought <laughs> forward there. And I think that um, one of the things that I, I really like is, is how, you know, you're, you're discussing that that outcome is always kind of the goal or the underlying piece of, of how we're structuring things or, you know, how we're choosing to modify or change or adapt or collaborate on, yeah. you know, what our students are bringing into the classroom, whether that be their experiences, their prior knowledge, who they are as a person, and then how that reflects with us, right? And how we yeah. as instructors are, you know, able to change and adapt to that environment and create that and create that space for students to have the opportunity and for us to have the opportunity to, to learn together. And so, um, you know, that participation piece where for me, this was really hard was the participation and the post-assessment for whatever yeah, right. reason, I really struggled with these two things. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I know what I want to teach and I, I know what I want them to learn and I know how I want to evaluate them. But then I would get to the post-assessment and I would read my little reflection at the end of our, you know, our practice yeah. lessons and I would go, but did you do a post-assessment? <laughs> It's, it's quite you, a challenge, right? which I agree with Did you. Did you capture what the students learned? Did yeah. you really take the time or create the opportunity for them to demonstrate, you know, what they have learned or how they have internalized, you know, the content that you've reviewed? You know, did your participation activities really convey the information that was in your outcome at the beginning of the lesson? And I really found that that for me, it was easier to work backwards <laughs> when I was creating my, my box model was That's to say, yeah, it was to say, yeah. like, you know, at the end, how will I know that this student has really um, captured that information that's in my outcome. So created the outcome and then how will I evaluate that? And then all mm. the stuff in the middle is, you know, the participation that, that opportunity to, you know, potentially, you know, have an activity where students are maybe problem-based solving, you know, yeah. a, a piece of content, or maybe it's here's some background information and, and giving them the opportunity to, to work as a team to, you know, solve the rest of the problem. Um, but I found that was the most helpful was to align my post-assessment with the outcome so that I could kind of you know, sandwich that, if we want to use that analogy, <laughs> the right, sandwich, yeah. you know, right. that's That's the it. end and the middle, right? So how, um, how to create or, you know, give the opportunity for learning to occur in the middle if I know how I would like to evaluate what they've learned. Um, that was something that, that made most sense to me, but I'm sure yeah. that there are a multitude of ways that you could scaffold or structure, you know, one of these box lessons, which I think is why it's so valuable is that you could really just pick any piece yeah. of this acronym and say, you know, it makes most sense for me to start at participation because this is what I really want students to do today. Just like it could, you know, maybe you're someone who really um, identifies with that bridging and that connection and creating that environment and that helps you move forward with your content. So um, I think it's really valuable that 
you know, there's different ways, but I think we both agree that your outcome sh should probably drives, always yeah. come first. Yeah. <laughs> the driver of the bus should probably always be where you start. And, and you might modify that outcome as you develop your content, but um, it's a really good place to, to begin your own journey potentially as an instructor. Um, and it, I think it helps ground us in, in maybe our own philosophies and our own understandings, um, our own perspectives that maybe we're not aware we're bringing into the, the learning environment and that we exactly. maybe need to modify and we need to, to adjust to what the students are bringing in to the classroom. And, and how does that, how do you well, go back to that outcome, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Valeria, you've, I mean, nailed it. And I mean, giving me even a trick you know, starting backwards, you know, I mean, and that's actually the reflective piece yeah. because, um, you know, pre-assessment, post as yeah, I can also see it, take it as pre-reflection, you know, sometimes, yeah, exactly. what do I want to teach? How do I, you know, what do I believe that the student know about what I, so some of the things are already, you already, you know, reflecting you're already preparing something so that you know for me i i don't want to come to a class under prepared neither do i want to come over but i would say it's even better for me to be over prepared than come to the class and the students are like this is not even challenging at all you didn't even give us anything you know that kind of thing so when i would have taken time to reflect eventually there are chances that i will go closer to you know and that takes us to how outcomes lead to all these other things we outline like zone of proximate proximal development then the constructive alignment i love that a lot yeah. how i can tie my outcome to assessment to teaching and you know that triangular shape when i saw it in our course work i was like this is beautiful yeah. having that in mind yeah what do i want to teach how do i assess if students have learned this and how do i want to teach this you know yeah. and that gives a guide instead of even when I'm choosing maybe tools whether online or in class why do I want them to clap their hands why do I want them to raise their voice why do I want them to write a 10 paper essay yeah you know because sometimes with what I know now I think some of these are given to students arbitrarily like there are no intentional thoughts about them someone will just like Give me a 14, a 15 paper, paper ace. I'm like, why do you want this? Do you just want to give it to them because it's a graduate work? Right. What do you want to achieve with that? With that? So, you know, I, I will begin to tie in my reflection with us. Like yeah, what I used to do or uh, know and what I do now. For me, I, 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 I see it happen that way. Profs give papers to write just sometimes just because a graduate course, but now, I have learned that if I should do that, there should be a reason. Yeah. Do I want them to grow their creative thinking or creative writing skill? Yeah. Is it a part of the course? Yeah. If, if it's not, why would I want them to just write something that doesn't correlate to my outcome? Exactly. So that idea of no longer doing things arbitrarily stands out for me. Yeah as I mean a future a practitioner in terms of teaching and learning and also being intentional about those descriptive verbs. Yes. So you. that students themselves will know what I, they are required to do. And I can also have a way to measure 
what they have learned. Because if I say, yeah, I want to see if you plant it, uh, I'm not a my reader. So how do you structure, how... yeah, like you said, how do you structure your assignments and your evaluations to uh, yeah. an outcome that says I want them to learn, right? Yeah, I think that, you know, in summary, mostly yeah. both of us kind of feel that outcomes are are where we should start as instructors, you know, when we're really looking to to develop our content or create content or, you know, and also create a collaborative learning environment. Um, it's important to kind of start in that verb content and context and then, you know, grounding ourselves in things like constructive alignment and understanding, you know, how am I going to evaluate this and how does that relate to the verb that I've chosen in my outcome and how do I anticipate teaching that and then taking those outcomes and making them, you know, concrete within that BOPS model, you know, how am, you know, how do I structure a lesson around this outcome that I've created and um, how do I reflect on, on improving those lessons or improving those outcomes? If, for example, like in my, my example where it wasn't successful, how do I improve that next time so that it is successful or it feels more successful for both me and the learner or the student? Yeah. Um, and I think for me, it's been uh, really rewarding to kind of create a teaching practice or create you know, the, the basis of a teaching philosophy through this course and through this content and, and have a better understanding of, of some ways that, you know, I can optimize learning and for myself, but also for <laughs> students. Yeah. Even, I mean, even for me, I think that's a good summary. It's, uh, it's such a, um, I, looking back, I think uh, I would thank myself for taking this course, you know, because my background is in education. And uh, coming into Canada, I felt I need to learn more mm -hmm. to know how things work around this place. And uh, for sure, right now, I can identify what, what I could call it good teaching, good teaching practice, you know. And that way, you know, I, I, I stand a chance to improve myself. There are things I wouldn't do anymore, maybe things I may have taken for granted even in writing my outcomes, even in the way I choose my task, how I want students to participate and all those bunch. And I mean, even how, even in little pieces, like how I share power with students, how do I let them participate? Mm -hmm. How do I bring them in? It's not all about me coming to teach them what I assume they should know. Yeah. So, <laughs> I really, you know, learn from some of those your reflections and uh, believe that moving forward it's going to help me to be a better teacher hopefully yeah. so okay. yeah so uh, do you want to give a last word and then we well thank you so much <laughs> it's been great and uh hopefully we can uh, reach out to or reach with pe reach people who might have some similar you know opinions and um have a broader discussion so thanks so much smart <laughs>